1: Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, welcome back inside the convention center in Indianapolis, Indiana. Matthew Collar and ESPN's Courtney Cronin now stepping in as Sage is napping so he can go out and get sourced information for us for tomorrow because that's what he'll definitely be doing later tonight is just reporting, straight reporting, no fun, nothing else, just reporting for Sage. Um Courtney, where do you want to start? There was so much that we got today from Rick Spielman at the podium and then his private session with us. Which... Topic stood out to you the most?
0: Well, obviously, him shooting down the notion that the Vikings are looking to trade Stefan Diggs. I mean, as we talked about in the show last week, and as I kind of went off uh, about uh, pretty in depth about last week, this is what we've been saying. It's what you and I have been talking about. It's the logical explanation here uh to why these trade rumors are just that they're rumors it's speculation um so i think that that there was his truth to all rumors. truth to all rumors as we found out from stefan uh, last october but you know the fact of the matter is the vikings are not looking to trade stefan diggs now it's not like rick spielman shut it down and said he will be on this team regardless of come hell or high water but As far as his future, they are going forward with him. He is very much a part of their plan for 2020, Um, which I think it's something like this where you talk about the big offseason news. That is big offseason news. Yeah, it's a little weird when it's deleted or allegedly deleted Instagram posts and skeptic tweets that make you wonder about whether a player wants to stay on a certain team. But that's just the fact of the matter. Of That was the discussion uh, for the last few weeks. And I think it was a good clearing ground uh, for Rick Spielman to get in the way of that and just kind of ambush it to the side. So, yes, he
1: did by saying all the reasons why they love Stefan yes. Diggs and why he should play here because he's under contract mm-hmm. and everything else.
0: But we don't know from Diggs himself, which you asked Spielman point blank, has he expressed a desire to leave Minnesota um, or there was wanting no to trade? Answer there. The answer was, no, I haven't talked to his agent, which also does not address whether that's he has no. specifically talked to Stefan Diggs. Right. Um, so that's going to be interesting because both Adisa Bakari and Jeff Whitney, who are uh, Diggs's representation, Uh, are here and the Vikings will meet with him meet with both of them at some point this week as they do with all the agents of players who represent the guys on their team and on their practice squad so uh, what I anticipate happening there is a very similar conversation because his agency got him that five-year extension two years ago Uh, he is under contract through 2023 if he doesn't want to be here and the too bad. And, and if the Vikings cannot get something really damn good for him, then he 's going to be here regardless like i don 't I can't see a situation like I know there have been a lot of people who have brought up. Well, what if he pulls an Antonio Brown? What if he tries to force his way out and just be a complete, too much money, you know, nutcase and, you know, get angry and do silly things like Antonio Brown did to force his way out? I can't see Stefan Diggs doing that. No. Um, there's way too much money at stake. He had 40, 40 million, was totally guaranteed in that contract. Um, and he still do some of that money. So if you act like an you know, if, if you try to force your way out and you become such a distraction where they're able to void that, that's nobody wants that money voided. So I, I think we're kind of – it's still like a no story but a story if you know what I mean just because we are talking about it because it has been addressed by somebody um, who obviously would be in the know even right. though he's not going to say too much about it. Uh, but it's an important point nonetheless. I, I think
1: that he made it quite clear – That the message to Stefan Diggs is, sorry, bud. If you want out, that's not happening. Because you signed an extension, and he was asked at the podium, and he was asked by us, and he started out both answers with, we signed him to an extension, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty clear message. We don't want to move Stefan Diggs, and if he wants to go, then he shouldn't have signed a contract extension to stay with us through, like you said, 2023. But the fact that he would not answer my question direct of, has Stefan asked you for a trade the the fact that he went with well we're meeting with his agent said to me that either the answer is yes that he did ask for a trade or that they expect him to want a trade otherwise you would just say
0: no no and right. and, and not no i haven't talked to his agent yet um that was the answer right and i remember i went back and looked because i was curious as to what Diggs specifically said last year when i point blank asked him did you request a trade this week? And he said, I haven't communicated anything. And then I believe it was a follow-up of has your agent reach out and it was like, you'd have to talk to them. So he's play he played it in a way that kind of would absolve him a little bit of any sort of controversy or just kind of any sort of putting him at the center of anything. Right. But, this is a place where that type of stuff unfolds, and it's a place where right. we find out a little bit more because it's not necessarily from these podium sessions where you get your best information, as we know, as Sage is going to uh, find out tonight yes, during his sure. uh, late-night rendezvous at the Combine. Late-night reporting Ru-
1: is what he is doing. He's going
0: to bed no later than 11 p.m.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. no, I mean, for sure. Just as soon as he is done um, getting all of his reporting done he'll go back to his hotel room and he'll prepare for tomorrow's show yes. is probably what's going to happen uh, well, well I think that There's On both sides, both with Spielman and Diggs, there have been opportunities for someone to come tell us, hey, stop all this. Mm -hmm. Like, There's nothing to it. He is happy. He's going to be here. I don't know where this comes from. And no one's done that. I asked specifically about even what was being talked about on ESPN and everywhere else, and Spielman sort of went, well, uh, reporting isn't always accurate in the NFL. I
0: know, but I also think that... He's going to be wise to never close a door unless it needs to be fully shut. Like If they can get an offensive tackle and potentially even a draft pick or anything that would benefit the team, they're not going to say no to that for Stephon Diggs, it could be like we didn't have any intent of trading trading him, but something better came along. So he's always leaving the door open for that, which I understand. That's good business. Um to me, I actually took it as a, this is his way of dispelling the notion of the trade rumors and the speculation for now. Yeah. Um you know and I don't think any team, I think every player is always available for the right price. You know what I mean? Except like a very, very few elite quarterbacks usually. quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, you know, there's I I think, you know, I think Spielman honestly handled that, except for your question, leaving that one door a little way too wide open on the uh, one about, like, did Diggs himself just say no or yes? Right, yeah. And I mean, saying yes would certainly open up a very big news story, but... That's it, it why is, the speculation exists because no one has said, no one has asked Stefan, no one has heard from Stefan. No one has heard directly. Has this guy asked for a trade?
1: Right, and the fact that he didn't say no means yes. It has to. Otherwise, it's very easy to be like, no, I don't know why you guys are all talking about this. He hasn't asked for a trade, and it doesn't mean a hundred percent yes, but it means that I would speculate much further toward yes, and yeah. that what he's really trying to tell us is that that doesn't matter. That if if he has requested a trade, the Tough. answer is too bad. Right? Yeah. Tough cookies. So, But at least
0: they know how he feels. Yeah, that's right. a good point.
1: I, that's how, I walked away thinking we know how everyone feels. Yeah. We know that he's not super thrilled, and we know that they're like, uh, sorry, you're not getting traded because we like you. And we think you're really good at football, and we need this continuity for Kirk Cousins, which leads me into Kirk Cousins. Sure. Here's my reading between the lines. Sage wasn't so sold, but you tell me if you like the theory. My theory is that Rick Spielman talking about continuity, talking about the system, talking about the clutch wins against Denver, against uh, Dallas, uh, and in the playoffs against New Orleans, and saying, yeah, we want to keep Delvin Cook, essentially. He came out and said, we want to keep Delvin Cook. And Irv Smith and, and Thielen and Diggs to have this great group. In front of and around Kirk, and, and maybe improve the offensive line. He didn't say that, but that was sort of another it's read a work between in the progress. Lines. Right, is what he said. So it all says to me: we think that Kirk Cousins can win, and we need to keep building everything around him. And five years from now, all these players need to still be here around Kirk, or several years from now, so they can keep growing all together. That's how I read it. Is that means Kirk going to be here with them?
0: I believe that that's on the table, but I also tend to think that they're looking at this knowing that he has another year on this contract, that regardless, there's a no-trade clause, there's no-transition tag clause for 2021. They're looking at 2020, and whether or not they agree to the terms of an extension, and if Kirk agrees to the terms of an extension, because both sides are going to have vastly different opinions of what an extension should look like, in my opinion. I wrote about this today at ESPN.com, Kirk Cousins has no incentive to accept anything less than what he did the first time around. Why sure, would you set course. that precedent for a fully guaranteed deal if you weren't going to try to follow it up with an even more fully and, guaranteed and deal? And play better than you've ever lucrative. played before. Yes. Won more and games so, than you've ever won before. Yes, even though it was one playoff game, which you know, I think Mike McCartney, his agent, who's going to be meeting on Tuesday with the Vikings, uh, has a right to go and approach him for that, but it's, you're going to make a tough argument. If you're asking for... Anything more than the 30 to 32 million range, if you're trying to get him in 34 to 35, you're going to have a tough time proposing that when Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, and Ben Rothesberger all have extensions or are part of the last five that got extended among right. all quarterbacks, and they all won Super Bowls. Kirk, you've won one playoff game. So that's what they think the Vikings are going to say. We want you to take this deal. Kirk's, Kirk and his representation say, I'm not taking a hometown discount. So that's one thing that they're at least looking if they're going to look beyond 2020 that's fine but we know he's locked into this deal right now honestly it may be to his benefit to not sign the extension to to play even better in 2020 and then the vikings are going to have to pony up for him if they do indeed want to keep him but it does make things tricky but granted we are in indianapolis courtney our draft scout is here yes the quarterbacks are going to be in lucas oil field the long sappers you mean well, I'm talking about quarterbacks oh, they sure, yeah, sorry. the long snappers are obviously I, here. I, I They're was waiting just for me. Talking
1: about your main focus. Oh, my main so focus, yeah. Hopefully you catch a little bit of the quarterback.
0: Yeah, but I mean I'm definitely here for the long snappers and wingspans. And what else did Manny say? Hand the oily sizes, oily I mean. hips. Oh, oh definitely. I was definitely. actually like looking at my hand earlier. I don't have a ruler with me, but Twice I'm like as big
1: as Joe Burrow. I was
0: looking, I'm like, Is this nine inches? No. Am I on mockdraftable com?
1: Um, no you're not, and no, that hand is not nine inches. Nope. No, nope. not a chance. Okay, well, I'm gonna not go find a ruler. Close. That's when like we're you done. saying that you could run under six in the forty. Not a chance. I
0: think I said under five <laughs> initially last week, and then I say yeah. five seconds. Yeah, yeah.
1: and no. Alex looked at yeah. me like,
0: "What the hell are you talking about?" And not
1: under six either. No chance.
0: Probably not. No but chance. um. But anyways, we are in the convention center. There is enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, we could run a 40 here this. in the hallway would probably um, run over a couple people.
0: But yeah, I mean, like with the quarterbacks, they're in a great spot right now because however they come away from those conversations with Kirk's representation, they know, hey, we can go scout out another quarterback right. here potentially to take in the second round as a bridge quarterback if you can't find an extension worth agreeing upon, a figure worth agreeing upon for Kirk Cousins. Um, so I think that that's an important part to continue to look at. But you know it is tough, uh, a tough spot that they're in. I do th- get the notion, though, that for the cap reasons alone, it's worth extending Kirk Cousins. And the front office feels that way.
1: I definitely agree with you because then they can create some cap space. They for go themselves. get somebody. They can right. go
0: help themselves out, even or if you bring back
1: a- Anthony Harris. Yes. So here's a comment from Anthony Lynn, which I think is really interesting, and I'm sure this was in reference to Tyrod Taylor, who might be the quarterback in Los Angeles next year. He was asked about something pertaining to quarterbacks in Tyrod Taylor, and he said, quote, there's still a handful of quarterbacks who can win from the pocket. Nowadays, the pure pocket guys are becoming outliers. So... I mean, how about that? A handful of guys who can win from the pocket is what uh, Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, said, which is really sort of telling about Kirk Cousins' position and how strong his position in arguing that he should be paid top dollar in the NFL. When there's only a few guys who can win from the pocket, and really Kirk
0: has to be everything has to be perfect. He has to be schemed away from from pressure and everything else,
1: right? So. I guess with that being the reality of the NFL, I wonder if even over these last couple of years, if the way that other teams would look at Kirk if he were to take it all the way to market would change. I mean in terms of what his value would be. Let's say next year this is Kirk's risk. Kirk's risk is next year they go 8 and 8, which I think is reasonable.
0: Very reasonable. I mean
1: they're only 1 year separated from 8 7 and 1. So let's say they go Hey eight they would and eight. have been
0: a playoff team to 8 7 I know.
1: And let's not get I'm into kidding. that. That annoys me. Yeah, it does. Um, ba- we don't need more bad teams in the playoffs, okay? I agree with but that. anyway. So you um, let's say that you're Kirk, you're Kirk cousins and you go 8 and 8 or 7 and 9. And then they say, "Wow, we took even a little off of a great team and you had a little bit harder schedule and you went seven and nine well we're definitely not paying you as much now yeah. and other teams going eh, do we really want a guy who needs to be bootlegged out and can't do any of it on his own and, and things like that like is that what you really want and so I think cousins risks when you're coming off of your contract or your your career year yeah. you want to to be a contract year of course and so i could see kirk trying to play hardball but also saying like this is the right time for me to strike because if we go 7 and 9 next year they might let me go altogether
0: yeah i mean that's definitely the risk that you run because let's say he has a great year and it all works out then he's probably in the 34 to 35 million dollar range depending upon what patrick mahomes gets i think it would work to kirk's benefit if i'm looking at it from through this lens for him to wait until Mahomes gets paid because he's going to be the first $200 million quarterback that seems pretty obvious wait till he gets paid before that wait till Dak gets paid and then you can be right. like all right the market is where it's at i'm going to reset it or not reset he won't technically he won't reset it i think Patrick's going to be where he's at for a while but get close to that so if he does anything but where but finish where he was at last year and, and produce the way he did last year, you're going to be looking at potentially a discount. And he can he can say, well, I want to bet on myself. I want to go through this. I've done it before. Every place he's been, every year, those franchise tags. I mean, he he saw the benefit in that of betting on yourself and making money. I mean, it's not like he was making chump change. He was making up in the mid twenties every right. single year yeah. he was doing that. It was yep. fine. Um, but if you, if you want to bet on yourself and hit free agency at 32 in the, in the you know, prime of your career and you didn't do so well in 2020, you're going to look at having to take the inevitable discount that you were trying to stay away from. Right, so right. There's, there's, I think now is the right time for Kirk to try do and do too. this. I do, it's Honestly, I think it's the right time for both parties. Kirk can continue to kind of stay hot in the area that he's in right now and, and continue to... Stay in the right Coob system? Yeah, stay in the right system stay at the highest value that he's going to probably ever be at and the Vikings can get some cap savings and go get him a left guard if they want to in free agency or go get him a tackle. Because that's the one thing I also came away with of the offensive line. I mean, fairly obvious here, it needs work. But when, when they're talking about like you know being active in free agency and the way they evaluated players and everything else and, and kind of their prioritization, the offensive line is kind of this like... This elephant in the room that everybody's the white whale, ta- you might say. The white tiger, I believe, is the uh, right term. We do not there. have
1: time for this debate, but it's definitely the white whale because the reference is from Moby Dick. But go on, it's
0: fine. But I'll just call it the white tiger um, <laughs> because I do whatever I want, and um, <laughs> it's just that's that's where they need to like. And, and if you're Kirk, you're like, well, I kind of need some more help on the offensive line uh, because yeah. I know what it's like to play behind a bad offensive line. I played on this team in 2018, so. And they weren't that's, better. Like this is, they this really to be made clear. They just, they were. They were not better. They just schemed. They ran more away from their weaknesses right. too. By he got sacked and, the
1: same percentage. You mm-hmm. got pressured the same percentage. Their the interior scores, pressure was awful. Right, their scores on PFF were the same. They were just as bad. And that's where when he said that the interior draft is not as deep, but the tackles are what what did you interpret that as because as
0: maybe drafting a tackle and pushing Riley reef uh inside the yeah, guard potentially
1: yeah that or also we better get another guard high because there aren't that many of them in this draft could be I also looked at it as maybe you draft a tackle and he plays guard for a year and then you bump him to tackle yeah. or we're going to have to go into free agency to get that guard, and those I read it. Are I've read it as
0: that, and I've also like just from behind the scenes hearing things before I even got to Indianapolis. Is that the offensive line that they want to get something done with Kirk yeah. Cousins now because they want and they want to do it before free agency? Create the space um, to create to get the a guard. space yeah. to go get a guard. Okay. So have Kirk sign in that an extension in the next two and a half weeks, whenever yeah. March 18th is, the start of the league year. Leaving Indianapolis with an idea or a deal in place to eventually go into effect during the legal tampering period, right. um, or at least like kind of come to fruition then, that's important for this team because last year was a disaster. They went into free agency with some money to spend, and then they're like, okay, Anthony Barr, you can come back. Here's the money we're going to go spend on someone else, yeah. potentially someone a little better than Josh Klein. And if we um, were
1: looking through, like picking apart last year's offseason, that is by far the biggest mistake they made because Eric Wilson could have done the same yeah. as Anthony Barr, and Josh Klein made zero difference from yeah. the year before. He was almost as bad as Mike Remmers. Yes, not quite as bad. it was a total disaster. There were but points where we struggled didn't,
0: there were points where we didn't talk about him, which I think was a good thing. For him, Zimmer's like
1: became a whipping boy, but yes. Klein wasn't much better. No, I mean he it was, just was sort of a guy. It
0: was very status quo. It yep. remained the same. Um, so the more things change, the more they remain the same. And Essentially, for the we came away line, from that for yeah. the offensive line. Um, what about
1: Zimmer and Spielman extensions this year? He elected not to reveal uh, whether they have signed yes. Zimmer and Spielman to contract extensions. Do you expect to get that news soon mm-hmm. or? Not. I'm going to
0: ask Zim about it tomorrow. I'm sure other people have that on their mind too. Uh, from my understanding, the extension that was being worked on the last few weeks, or the talks that were taking place, were not around Spielman, but specifically around Mike Zimmer. Hmm. Um, and you hear Rick's comments today, like we anticipate him being the coach next year and beyond that. So I think that you know, as Rick pointed out, the Wolf's statement. Before the Saints game was strongly worded and it was a very powerful thing for them to come out in favor of their head coach and say what they said I mean they didn't do it and I mean not saying that's like there's selfish reasons in here but they also were trying to say hey Jerry back off unless you want to pony up a first round pick for my Jerry Zimmer. Jones you mean yeah yes um but I do anticipate that Mike Zimmer will get a contract extension or we'll find out about it soon. Uh, this is around the time of year that those things typically happen, like February, March. So I'll be really curious. Um, but for whatever reasons, uh, Spielman, it, it means a deal. I, I would like to think a deal is probably not done right now is yeah. the reason that they didn't say it. Because last year he came here and told us that they picked up his option, Zimmer's, that is. Uh, and then a month later we find out that Spielman's option was also picked up or exercised.
1: right. right. So are you thinking long-term extension for Zim then?
0: Well, the rumored number I think I've said on the show or what we've talked about is somewhere in the four-year range. I think that that's probably the extreme of what's being put out there, and then they're going to try to meet somewhere in the middle. I yeah. think a two-year extension is healthy because if you don't do well this year, you're probably getting rid of him anyways and probably want to turn over the staff because... Depending on how it looks. Depending on how it looks. If it's 8-8, eight and eight, maybe. If it's 7-9, and nine, it's probably... I mean, they were, they were, as we've talked about, they were potentially getting ready to make a change had that Saints game resulted in a loss. I
1: know. Such um, an odd way to do it.
0: Yes, and it's just... Based
1: on one game.
0: Well, everything sometimes feels like a cardboard house with this team, so...
1: Right, like it could change at any time, and you just never really know. Yeah, One we talk about happened, how stable yeah. things are, and
0: yep. the you know the leadership and stability under Mike Zimmer. Yet this is what we're what we've come to, where it sometimes feels like a knee jerk reaction to what happens.
1: So, uh, last thing for you, just a couple minutes left here in the show, and then Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Uh, Rick Spielman talked for a very long period of time about the potential for older players who they love to be on their way out, and he compared this year's situation to B-Rob and having to cut um, him a couple of years ago. Who do we think is out? I mean, do you have a a better sense at all from talking to Rick today who you think might be back and who do you think might go or not? Because I I don't really have a better sense for it. his,
0: His comments about Xavier Rhodes, like... I was watching him pretty closely to read the body language and read and see if I could read anything into it. I think he handled that probably how you expected him to without saying a whole ton. This team is a worse team in the secondary when Xavier Rhodes is playing. I'm yep. sorry, but this no is not going to get any better. He's going to be 30 years old this season. Um we've seen the injuries take their toll. We've seen his style of play, it's not relevant in today's game. Like Right, he gets flagged all the he time. gets flagged all the time. Like Corners can't look like that anymore. The body type, the build, the the athleticism, like, the level that he's at, at least in athleticism if, and speed. If you're going
1: to, you have to be freakishly athletic, which yes. he once was, he once, but yeah. is no longer. No
0: longer. So that's the one that I, I think that I don't even need to hear Rick talk about it to know that that's sure. probably going to happen. Yep, gr- um, agree. And they are going to meet with Sonny Shaw, who is uh, Xavier Rhodes' agent at some point this week. And I'm sure that it's going to be told, "Hey, you have a 12.9 million dollar cap hit in 2020. Uh, what do you say we restructure?" And you say, "No, yeah,
1: I wouldn't even like, say that. I'd say we're we're cutting them. Uh,
0: we well, there's, four does point, there's no good, point, 4.8 and dead cap. So oh, to
1: restructure to cut."
0: To cut him, Oh, yes.
1: well, okay, yeah. So I'll, then... I was going to say, because a restructure... A like restructure you, would be you, interesting, like, you could if they could actually do that. Even on a Linval restructure, if it was a serious cut... In, if it cut that cap hit in half, Yeah, I would be like, mm, okay. But if you're talking about bringing him back, I just don't think you can.
0: No, and I think Lindvall's another good one, Um that we kind of fall between the cracks when we talk mm-hmm. about so many of these yeah. guys. I think they have, what, 17 unrestricted free agents? Yeah, it's wild. Um, So they've got to figure... And no money. And no money. Like, they've got to figure that out with... Which, you know, going back to Kirk really quickly, I do think that his representation, said that is, realizes the damage that that contract essentially did. You can still give somebody a fully guaranteed deal, but, you know, it brings up the question of the new CBA and the escrow rule, which really hurt this team because they had to put... I believe it was. If it's eighty-four it, total, it, it was fifty-eight or fifty-two million. Yeah, it's, it's a certain percentage
1: is, of it, right?
0: In into escrow. Yeah, basically, you have to prove that you
1: can pay it. Yes, and that's
0: it's such an antiquated rule. Yeah, uh, that was I think came from like the seventies, like yeah. the beginning. And that's of, why
1: Oakland didn't keep Khalil Mack. Correct. allegedly.
0: Correct, and um, I do think that they will, if even if he wants another fully guaranteed contract, they'll try to structure it in a way where it's not going to. Inhibit this team's ability to be active in free agency because even his reps know that Kirk needs pieces around him.
1: Can we get together tomorrow and have Courtney, our draft scout, show up and talk about some prospects? I
0: mean, I'm just going to go down to the uh, testing room with my tape measure and I'm just going to start measuring, <laughs> measuring players. People. Like, people are going to be standing against the wall and I'm going to like be like, even if they're not out, nope.
1: Prospects, if, just like people. If you have
0: athletic gear on, if you have a hoodie with team, even like a team logo on it, them. be like, you might be like, the secretary, and I'm, me- I'm measuring scouting. your wingspan.
1: That's the best scouting, is you can find the diamond in the very, very, very rough. Oh, so. I mean... Courtney, our draft scout returns tomorrow. She's
0: going to be back in full force. All
1: right. Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Uh, Courtney will join us again tomorrow at some point. Say, Rosenfels will be here all week here at the NFL Combine. So we will catch you tomorrow. If you missed any of the show, look wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Purple Daily. We're also on YouTube as well. We put up a lot of our conversations. So check it out there also. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow from Indianapolis.